Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Steve Schellenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Steve is the number one national best-selling author. He's successfully started 11 businesses in three separate industries. He is a highly sought-after keynote speaker and corporate trainer for organizations around the world, an executive coach, the father of six, and the founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Here is Mr. Steve Schallenberger. Welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, wherever you might be in the world today. This is your host, Steve Schallenberger, and we have a very talented and upbeat guest with us today from New Zealand. And uh, our guest knows about the challenges in life, but also having some really great successes and helping a lot of people in the process. Uh, Welcome today, Paula Gosney. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here from New Zealand. Great to be on your show. Well, thank you. And I'd like to just tell our listeners a little bit about Paula's background and and uh, some of her history, and I'm looking forward to this visit and interview today. She's a writer, a businesswoman, a warrior, <laughs> a speaker, and a mom. She's a fiercely honest, a passionate coach, and a woman who knows that we are much more capable than we allow ourselves to believe. And she's had a remarkable career establishing her first of three successful businesses at the age of 21. And it's just really easy to think Paula has it all, but she's been throwing some really tough curveballs along the way, sending her to boarding school at 11, never to live at home again, and the victim of a serious sexual assault as a teenager, a decline into hard drugs and alcohol, uh, plagued much of her 20s. Uh, she actually mentioned that I, I lived a double life, one of a successful entrepreneur and the other a woman in deep pain, relentlessly trashing her body like the worthless object the rape had taught me it was. Well, so in Paula's pursuit of happiness, she has spent hundreds of hours sitting at the feet and studying about from individuals of personal development, uh, masters, if you will, people who have really led the way, been world thinkers in this area, devouring anything that would help her get through her personal pain. And one of the ultimate uh, compliments to her is that she has created a program, a school called Belief School. And it's a curriculum of all that she's learned and taught and lived through. And she believes if, if you've been exposed to the principles that now define her life, she would have learned and healed much more quickly, loved earlier, and been able to contribute much sooner. So, Paula, let's get into it. Here we go, shall we? Yes, absolutely. Gosh, that's quite a... Whenever I hear that, whenever I still hear it, I'm like, wow. <laughs> really? I want to know that lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it always makes for interesting dinner conversation, that's for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Well, okay, well, tell us what your background as a youth and a young person was like. Well, it's kind of, you know, you, you've covered a lot of it there, Steve, but really I did live this double life. You know, I can I can give you one story, which is this being brought up on the farm in Taranaki, New Zealand, with the freedom of a farm girl and, and a loving family around me and, you know, really not wanting for much, although they were, you know, very old-fashioned and tended to be critical parents 
as, as, as what was, you know, a very strict family. But, you know, and then I went on to, um, you know, have a lot of business success at a young age. And, and you know, one side of that, that picture can look quite successful and glossy, but the other side doesn't look quite so pretty. And that was, you know, going to boarding school, which my parents thought was the right thing to do because, you know, we were out there on a farm at a very young age and really never living at home again. So having to learn to stand on my own two feet and to survive at a very, very young age. And then, you know, being a victim of a serious sexual assault and, and turning that event into something that really defined the next 10 years of my life. Um, I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the, the, the understanding of, of how to cope with those things. And so I just I took the story that I was worthless, my body was worthless, that I was invisible, and I there was a part of me that was living that out, and the choices I made with the drugs and the alcohol, and really just, you know, as you said, relentlessly trying to destroy my body. Um, and so there was this this kind of <laughs> this this living and dying that was happening, and I, I feel like, you know, it was just. I was I, I managed to stay alive for a reason, and then there was a point in my life where I I, I really did just choose to live. Um, it was like I don't, I don't want to die, and there was a number of things around me. I think the love of my family was a big part of that, and then starting to find ways to to, to get through that personal pain. Uh, well, Paula, that's a that's a great point that you point out here. That there is something that took place. Can you? share with us are you able to identify that transformation that took place in your life what what led to it what factors seemed to influence that that allowed you to start thinking differently that gave you hope or or allowed you to start uh gaining either the mindset mm. or skill set that got you on the right track oh gosh do you know it's there was this it's a, it's a period I, I call in my life called my dark days it was about two years in my late 20s when my behavior was so dangerous and you know i was hospitalized a number of times and i was making terrible choices and i really and and i, I my poor mother who wasn't in australia you know she was extraordinary in the way that she just kept she just continued to love me no matter what, what I was doing, she wasn't judging me. She was just there. She couldn't stop me. She couldn't save me. She just kept loving me. And, oh, it nearly even makes me tear up whenever I talk about that. But, um, and, and there was just this kind of, I got to this point, I had a couple of friends around me who had died, you know, through dangerous behavior. And I just knew there was just this overwhelming that if I kept doing what I was doing, I was literally not going to be here much longer. And I remember the day, and, you know, people will write into, you know, believe into this what they want, but I remember the day incredibly clearly. I was in, I had a soft top Jeep in Sydney, and I was sitting in the Jeep, and I can even tell you the set of lights in the middle of Sydney when this happened. And literally, the, it was an overcast day, and the clouds parted, and the sun came down on my body, and I just felt this incredible feeling of life. And it was just like, oh, I, and that was the moment I just chose to live. And so it wasn't a, it wasn't a pretty path. It wasn't this great, oh my gosh. I, it was another couple of years of putting myself in rehab, of starting to, you know, choose better relationships, all of those things. But there was, there was definitely a moment where it was like, oh my gosh, I have a choice here. 
Well, that's a that's a big time, and 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 for our listeners, uh, I think this is a significant uh, moment in our lives. Uh, we we may have that happen several times. This transformational crossroads that happens to us that from wherever we have been, we we see perhaps a, a hope, a new possibility that we can do better. It's just a feeling mm-hmm. deep down inside, and and it's really nice to have this love and support that you had because that also is is a safety net an emotional encouragement that that gives you hope so i'm glad that you shared those aspects that gives hope i think to loving parents or siblings or others who are trying to care for those in their lives who have let them down time and time and time again and oh, yes. Steve, it's something that I feel very passionately about, and I'm often asked about this by parents. What do I do? My child's going through this, or how do I handle this? And it's like, you know, in those darkest days, there was, there was even when I, I didn't know how to love myself enough to care about myself, the fact that I was loved is what kept me there. And, and that is the, the thing. It's like we've, we've got to love the people in our life, broken bits and all. It's very easy for that love to be conditional, but if you've got someone around you who really is struggling, you know, they don't want to be there. Most people don't want to be in that place. They just don't know how to get out. They're doing the best they can with what they've got. And so if they can be loved for all that they are, then that will be the thing that will actually anchor them to you, will we'll give them the way out. Well, thank you for that inspiration. Uh, I certainly have a couple of people and in my my life that I know that uh, have been challenged like this, and I'm uh, determined mm-hmm. to give them better support. I've I've tried to do it, mm-hmm. but it's easy to give up. We just can't give mm-hmm. up. Darn it! <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's actually easier to maintain when we stop trying to fix them. It really is easier to maintain when we just choose to love them and not put conditions conditions on that and have boundaries for ourselves. But, you know, it, it's, it's when, we're, when we're in that trying to fix them mode, that's when it is really exhausting. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Okay, well yeah. done. That's a, that's a great, great start. All righty, now let's move on to something else that you talked about, and that is uh, the help people get going. How do we help people mm. get going on the right path? And mm. you've done just really an extraordinary job in helping a lot of people. You've helped large groups. You've helped coach people on a one-on-one basis. What are some things that you would recommend uh, from your experience, from your study, from your observation that can help all of us? Uh, you know, and this is, this is what Belief School was born out of because what I saw in all of that time with one of the businesses I had, I, I was in a, in a coaching role. I was spending a lot of time developing people, helping them create the life they wanted. And what I saw from my, this is from my own experience, but also what I saw from the working with people, it didn't matter whether they were highly educated or not educated, confident, connected, gorgeous. None of those things really defined whether someone would go, you know, move forward and create the life they wanted. The thing that really defined it was their belief in themselves. Am I enough? Do I deserve love? Do I deserve success? These were the defining characters that really set the foundation for people to create the life they want. Yet people often think, I mean, how often do we hear that? Just believe in yourself, okay? And it's like, 
it always cracks me up because it's like, well, we know that and we would. <laughs> we just don't know how to believe in ourselves more. And so over the years, I developed a whole range of tools and principles, most of them from other great mentors that I incorporated into my practice and what I was doing, because that self-belief doesn't come from out there. It's not from getting more cars and more houses and, you know, all of these things. It actually comes from the real core principles of who we are. And I think we can really focus on those principles of self-discipline, of contribution, of connection, of, of how much value do we create in our community because when we get a sense of that, when we feel valued, when we know that we can face our fear, these basic principles, then our belief in ourselves just grows and grows and we can go on and do whatever it is we want to do. And that might be to be a, a fabulous, successful mum contributing in a big way at the school, or that might be to, you know, run the country. But we have to come from that those core values of um of self belief. So in answer to your question in a in a kind of long winded way is I think when we really start um working on our self discipline and we set ourselves up to win and then we look at um, you know, who are we being? Are we being grateful? Are we contributing? All of these basic principles, that's the place to start. Okay, well, I appreciate that perspective. And and do you have, as you work with uh, your clients, with the people that you visit with, uh, what are some of the key principles that you think that that you'd recommend that people mm-hmm. focus on specifically that can help them start making uh, the progress mm-hmm. that they want to help other people and and to mm-hmm. get on top of things? Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I think one of the great places to start is around self-discipline. And this isn't like, right, I'm going to go and run 20 kilometers. This is the little things. One of the things for us to believe in ourselves, we have to believe that we're going to do the things that we say we're going to do. And when we know that, when we when we say, yep, I'll turn up there, I'm going to do this or whatever, we, we have a sense we have a sense that we are going to follow through. And so I think we can set ourselves up to win. I actually have quite a funny story around this because being an ex-drug addict, clearly I didn't have a lot of self-discipline. Right. <laughs> I was very much about just, you know, sense of pleasing, I'll do whatever I want. And so it's something that I had to work very, very hard at. And what I realized is that I was setting myself up to fail terribly. I was making these great big sweeping statements about what I was going to do and what I was going to change. And they were totally out of my reach. And so when I failed, all it did was reinforce to me that I was hopeless and that I couldn't do it. And see, I always fail with those things. And so then when I started actually realizing, gosh, I need to set myself up to win. I need to do things that are a stretch, but that I can then feel good about my success And one day I decided I was just going to turn the light switches off. And that sounds so silly. I literally made that choice that whenever I left the house, I was going to turn all the light switches off, no matter what. And then I would do it. Even if I was up the road, I would come back and I would do it. And then as I did that week after week, I got a sense of like, gosh, see, Paula, you said you were going to do it and you did it. And so then I could step take another step and another step. And so if people are looking into their world, look at whether you're setting yourself up to fail. Sometimes we do that intentionally because then we can go, oh, see, I tried. But if you really want to create change, think about where you want to go, not in in weeks and months, in years. 
and then take those little incremental steps. High five yourself, focus on your win, and that will pull you towards the next step. Okay, so you said something very important, Paula, and that is focus on what you want to, where you want to be in a few years, mm. in further mm. out here, so that you have a really clear, uh, inspiring direction to mm-hmm. go. Is that right? Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Okay, it's, it's yeah, go casting, ahead. It's casting vision for our future, yeah. Okay, so you have this, this vision and you smell it and you feel it and you imagine it, and, mm-hmm. and but then mm-hmm. it's th- this thing you're talking about, discipline, that's what's going to help us get there. And, and uh, so what you're talking about of having start in at areas where you, you can have small successes and start building the strength of your character and start trusting mm-hmm. in yourself makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And for different people, that's at different levels. You know, my husband is just has a rock iron self-discipline. He's just, the minute he says he's going to do something, just that's it, it's done. You know, it's, that's just who he is, it's who he's been his whole life. And that's great. And there is a percentage of us out, you know, people out there who are like that, and that is awesome, that's fantastic to have around you. Um, but for, for the vast majority of us, I think we really have to work on that. And this world is so good at telling us what we're not good at, um, you know, that we really need to create those opportunities. And that is what, that builds that self-belief. Okay. Now, I really like that. Now, let's say that you're trying to lose weight, uh, quit smoking, oh. or uh, increase your sales that you have. These all are things that are going to create, co- uh, uh, excuse me, that will require discipline. So mm-hmm. what secrets do you have for our <laughs> listeners today of how they can do that? <laughs> Sorry, that's a, well, that's a have, tough question. I, uh, yeah, it's a great, right. I'm just going to fix it for everyone. No, but I have, I do have, a, it's called my ARC principle. And that is around three things I think which are really important, which help us create change. And, you know, often the world uses fear, guilt, and shame to get us to do you know, fear is the currency of the world at the moment, or we're guilted or we're shamed, and, and it actually brings out the worst in us, and we can see, you know, we can see what the damage that's doing in the world at the moment. Whereas if we actually look at what I call ARC, which is accountability, recognition, and community, these are the three things, whether we're in a sales environment or whether we're working with even in, within our own family community. If we think about accountability, but we don't think about it as an oh my gosh, you haven't done well, I'm holding you accountable. We think about it as, I care about you, or I care about what you're doing. What do you need help with? What went wrong? What didn't go right? You know, what what do you need support with? And so if you're trying to lose weight, or you're trying to quit smoking, or you're trying to increase your sales, look at creating some accountability framework for yourself with people that you respect and care. So you can go to someone, let's talk about, you know, giving up smoking or losing and say, okay, this is my goal. I really want to do this. Now, I wondered if you would check in with me and ask me how I'm doing. Because even when we start to create that, it means that someone, you know, someone cares and we've actually got to answer to someone. Obviously, in a sales environment, you can create that in a very structured way. And, you, you know, you need to choose who your mentor is going to be. Then we look at recognition. Now, most of us will walk over hot coals for recognition because we don't get it in our worlds. We don't get it from our bosses. We don't get it enough. And when we're recognized for creating value or for success, 
oh, it just feels like oxygen. <laughs> and so allowing yourself to be recognized, allowing yourself to, you know, whether you're high-fiving yourself or you're part of a group or you're connecting with people in your community or environment who are going to high-five you, who are going to focus on your successes, not on your losses. And then community. I really believe if we attach what we are trying to achieve to a greater community, often we will do more for others than we will do for ourselves. Um, I know for many people that is a huge driver. They, you know, and so if that's what you need, you need to join a weight loss group. Do you need to, you know, join a, a cigarette smoking stock group? Do you need to be part of a sales mastermind group, or can you connect your success? to a charity, to something, so that what you're trying to achieve impacts on more people. So, you know, whatever someone's focusing on doing, if they look at those three areas, accountability, recognition, and community, and look at how they can create that around their goal, that will certainly support them. Okay, that's wonderful. So for our listeners, just a little review on that. I want to, let's be sure Steve has it down, Paula. Yeah. <laughs> it's ARC, right? ARC, accountability. That's wonderful. I love that. And being able to share with others, asking people to participate with you to create an accountability. Here's what I'm trying to do. Or maybe even do it with other people. And then, uh, of course, yeah. um, you have, uh, let's see, the second one was? Can't even read my own writing. Yep. Yeah. What is it? The recognition. Oh, it's recognition. That's yep. right. Give yourself yep. a high five or <laughs> celebrate your yep. success. Yeah. And then, of course, community, uh, doing it with others or support groups or serving others as well. Did I get that kind yeah. of right? Yep. Yep. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. Um, yeah. And that, that, it's a very different. If you think about what we usually do, which is fear, guilt and shame or beating ourselves up or putting ourselves down and they don't feel good. And I think this is where that, that falling off and that failing keeps coming from. Whereas we've got to measure that success and not in days and weeks. We measure our success. It's when we look back in months and years that we realize how far we've come. And if we're creating that framework around us, it's sustainable. Even if we don't hit our target straight away, we're in a place of joy around it we're in a place of feeling good and so we will keep going it is sustainable okay that's excellent now you said something at the very beginning of our uh, visit today and it was mm -hmm. uh, it had to do with people uh, actually live out the story that's in their mind about themselves mm -hmm. so how do we put yeah. the right story in our minds of what we're really capable of doing Oh, you know, it's, you know, I had a huge victim story and it stole 10 years of my life. And we can all, you know, I'm sorry to swear, but shit happens to all of us. And it happens in big doses and little doses. And we can create stories around that. And those stories actually end up just defining the choices we make. If I could go back to my 16-year-old self now, I would grab her by the shoulders. I would look her in the eye and I would say, it's means nothing it wasn't about you it wasn't because of you it means nothing and then I would have gone on to write my own story rather than let that event define such a big part of my life and so I think that and it's hard I, I gosh I know this people we you know whether they're going through divorce or financial hardship or loss or 
you know, depression, any of these things, but it's when we move from victim, when we actually go, I have a choice. At every moment, I have a choice of how I am going to show up, how I am going to step through this, how I'm going to define who I am and what my life is going to give. When we move out of victim, we move into power and courage, and that creates an incredible pathway for us to define our own lives. Okay, well, that's wonderful. I mean, it's really then also you get out of that old story and say, hold it, what are the possibilities for new stories? And, and not putting a lid on your potential. And that's where it kind of comes back. I love the title of what you offer, a belief school. So letting mm-hmm. people just unhinge here and mm-hmm. start dreaming and say, what's possible? I'm not going to put a limit on myself, myself and create a new story. That's really the heart of, of, our, of my book of Becoming Your Best. Is, mm. is that is so inspiring that each one of us has so much potential and so we can create so many possibilities that can take place and then start working in that direction. Absolutely. And that is it. And I love what you're doing, what so many, and I think there's this incredible, um, you know, the positive psychology movement is, is showing. We, I didn't learn this at 16. No one showed me this or even at 20. But there is so much available now for people when they're ready, when they actually want to, to, to really take control of where their life's going. There's this incredible industry giving people a hand, showing them the way. So, And the internet is a big, big part of that. Well, how true. And, and you're right. It's wonderful for someone that's 10 or 15, 20, mm-hmm. but 40 or mm-hmm. 60 or even older than that as we have new opportunities mm-hmm. and new perspectives and I have a, mm. a good friend that was the president of an international humanitarian group. I mean, this is a group that is present in like 140 nations. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a big deal. And mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to visit with him. We, we lived in Spain for a few years, and he was mm. there supervising something we were doing, and he was 88. And yeah. someone someone asked him, You're, how old are you? He says, 88. And and he said, how old are you? And he said, 65. And, and this man, whose name was Gordon Hinckley, looked back yeah. at the 65-year-old and said, oh, he said, 65. He says, that was the prime of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. As someone in your mid-40s, I love that. <laughs> so, it's like, that is, there is so much ahead and it's so exciting when we move out of victim and we just, we just realize what's possible. And, and that is the whole philosophy of belief school is that actually you're enough. You celebrate all that you are. I refuse to feel shame about any of the choices I made because they actually define who I am. They've given me the strength and the empathy to lead and help other people. And so when we come from that place of wholeheartedly accepting all that we are, broken bits and all, then we can go on and create extraordinary things in our life. And and that's what we do in Belief School is we show you to you. We show you that you're enough through the exercises that we have. Well, fan- um, my, my huge vision is to have that in schools here in New Zealand and then moving from there is to have Belief School for teens. 
All right. So watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great one, and uh, and more power to you on that. We'll look forward to seeing you do that and accomplishment. That that's great. Yeah. All right. Now, how can our? I can't believe our time's up. And how can our mm-hmm. listeners learn more about what you're doing? And uh, more power to you, by the way, and your goals and getting that mm-hmm. to the schools. Great. Um, just find us at Belief School. We're we're we or on Facebook, um, we're pretty easy to find. So yeah, just connect with us, jump on our database, look at the programs that we have running um, and reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. Well, okay, Paula, it's been a delight having you here as part of our show today. You've done a fabulous job and congratulations on the things that you continue to work on. Uh, And so thank you for being our guest. Okay. Thank you so much for having me and your patience around our time confusions. It's been (laughs) been fantastic. (laughs) So um, you have an awesome week and um, yeah. Okay. You you bet. And we wish wish you all the best that are listening in to us today. And, And remember, you too can make a difference every single day of your life. Uh, working on the things that we've talked about today, of working on becoming your best. Remember, this is not about comparing you against somebody else. It's working on our best. And as our guest today, Paula, has talked about, uh, we have great potential and it's bringing that out. And I know you're doing that. And that's why you're listening. So best to you. I'm Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day. thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating interview is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.